It's just weird because this is like an introduction one. So we're going to talk about our like taste in books. So it's yeah. not just like jumping into like, so Sarah, what are your favorite fall books? It's like, welcome. Like, don't say welcome. <laughs> I'm not going to say welcome. Well, because you clearly think that it's a terrible idea. Okay, well, it's been recording for a little while. Oh. So I think we can just go. I think we're good to okay. go. Okay. Rachel, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hey, Sarah. How are you today? I'm good. Good to see you. <laughs> good to see you, too. Um, I'm Rachel. And Oh, and I'm Sarah. Yeah. Um, I knew that already. I've known you. I've known you for a long time. She has known me since I was two days old. Yep. I did live about three months of my life without you, and um, I really don't remember it. She was lost. I was lost. I was completely a mess. I was... You couldn't go to the bathroom. (laughs) You couldn't feed yourself. That is how. Couldn't even lift my own head up. That was, it was a disaster. I was an infant. Um, (laughs) To clarify. (laughs) Um, We have been separated before. I did not enjoy it, but we're fine now. So. Yes. So we have been besties for forever. Yep. And we we decided to formalize our book discussions. We do. We talk about books a lot. We read a lot and we talk about them all the time. Rachel is an up-and-coming uh, Goodreads influencer. Yep. I My passion is leaving really uh, well-thought-out and sometimes harsh reviews. Sometimes I leave good ones. just depends on, on the book and how I'm feeling that day. And Sarah, I don't know. I feel like you, I feel like you read more than I do sometimes. I don't know. Um, well, this is, this is a difference that we were already discussing between the two of us. I do not finish books that I don't like. So And I do. Yes, and Rachel does. So that means that it's fun to talk about books with her because she passionately hates a lot of the books. Yeah, that she's I will read. I will sit there and suffer through a book that I am not enjoying just to get that really mean review on Goodreads. And I will not. Yep. Other differences between our tastes. Um, I typically Especially lately, I have been getting a lot more into, like, thrillers and mystery, even branching into some horror, which I never thought I would do. Um, That's kind of where I'm at right now. I need a lot of... um, I feel like I need a level of darkness in my books lately, which is so dumb. But anyway, there you go. And I just like old books or books about people in the past. Mm -hmm. I'm a history major. So it fits. Yep. And I'm a psychology major. I actually have graduated already. Yes. Sarah has not. That's okay. Yeah. Embarrassing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um it's like, I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> so anyway, it's fun because our tastes converge in very specific places. We do have a lot of overlap, a surprising amount of overlap. I mean, not surprising since we have spent our entire lives together doing the exact same thing, going to the same schools. Um, and living very closely, usually. Same library. Same library. There are only certain options. So we've read a lot of the same kind of yeah. trashy, but wonderful teen... A lot of YA. Coming of age, yeah. A lot, a lot of, of YA. YA. We are both YAs ourselves, I feel. Yes. Yeah, we're still... Well, a young adult. Yes. By, the, by yeah. definition, like a young adult. Yeah, so a lot we of our are, recommendations yeah. will be about teenagers because we are just barely not teenagers ourselves, I feel. That's a little generous. I'm 23 years old. You're also 23 years yeah. old. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, I mean, three years ago, we were <laughs> we were teenagers. I guess, if you want to put it that way. Yes. All right. Um, so, we're here today to talk about our favorite fall books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so excited. It is fall. The mountains are looking quite misty right now. We do live in a very mountainous place. 
We are both classified information, by the way. (laughs) We are both fall enthusiasts. Very much. We enjoy soup. We enjoy pumpkin goods. Leaves. Leaves, walks, uh, warm clothing. Jackets, I was just going to say Yeah, jackets and, like, the outfit possibilities of cold weather. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also books that give us fall vibes. I feel like reading is just such a fall activity also. It's just because fall is so nostalgic and reading is just so, like, also nostalgic for me. It's very comforting. I don't know. Yeah, I think also reading itself is very, uh, it's academic vibes Hmm. and fall is academic in nature. We will get into how we feel about dark academia at some point, I'm sure. Probably. That is a conversation for another day. I feel like I have too much to say. Yes. So, Rachel, do you want to go ahead and start us off with your first fall book? Yes, I do. I'm so excited. Um, Okay. So, I have probably talked to you about this before because I talked to everyone about this when I was reading it. So, I actually read it last fall. It's called None Shall Sleep by Ellie Marnie. And it is a murder mystery, I guess you could call it. Um, And I want to preface this by saying, like, I do not enjoy true crime. I have moral problems with it. I don't really think it's, like, that interesting of a genre. I find it frustrating. Um, So I don't really love true crime. But I do like fictional crime more and more these days. Um, Anyway, so I read this last fall. And it's about a girl who... She was the sole survivor of a serial killer. And and this is set in, like, 1980. I I think I remember... you. Yeah. I'm sure I did. I, I was I was raving about this at the time. So she's the sole survivor of a serial killer. And so the FBI... I've noticed also a trend. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. But I've noticed also a trend with, like, horror novels or mysteries. Is that a lot of them are set, like, in the past. Like, pre-internet, pre-cell phone. Mm-hmm. Which I think really helps. And also, like, pre ethics maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-child protective but laws. definitely adding to the nostalgia... Yes, and that was a huge part of it as well. But, so, basically, um, she survived a serial killer, and a couple years later down the road, um, the FBI approaches her and says, we need your help to work with juvenile serial killers, because we think they'll talk to a juvenile and someone who's been close to, like, the issue, like, the crime or whatever. So she gets pulled in to the FBI, kind of, like, reluctantly or whatever, and um, deals with, like, juvenile serial killers... Who are themselves juveniles, so they'll talk to her. Mm-hmm. And she gets paired with a boy who is, Ooh. like, um, he's, like, a little bit older than her. I think he works for, like, the FBI. He's, like, it's my dream to work for the FBI, which, like, that's a fun dream he's if a that's cop. for you. Um, okay, well, <laughs> let's not quite go there. I wouldn't say he's a cop. Okay. And also, this was the 80s, which uh, could be worse, could be better. Yeah. You know what? This is a, it's a fictional book. Okay. okay? He's a good cop. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, together they interrogate younger serial killers. They, um, like investigate, whatever. Um, but there's this one particular serial killer, serial killer, I can't say that word, um, named Simon Gutmanson, which I know. Gutmanson. Pick a worse serial killer (laughs) name. He's Swedish if it helps. Interesting. Um, and he's a very, like, intellectual serial killer. He's very, um, like, magnetic. Has a magnetic personality. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted Bundy-inspired? Um, possibly. I mean, there is, like, a certain, like, attractiveness that I'm sure a lot of serial killers share that, like, allows them to be so successful. Um, anyway, so 
they work with this particular serial killer quite a bit and they can't get him to confess or like crack basically. Mm-hmm. And so together, um, the girl and the boy and I really can't remember their names. I'm so sorry about that, but they work together trying to solve this case. It's like a whole thing. And he keeps giving them, he feeds them hints and he like will tell them what his next crime is going to be, which is very confusing because he is locked in a facility and they keep visiting him. But they're like, why are you, how are you going to commit a crime? And he's uh-huh. like, mm, that's for you to find out. Um, anyway, and he takes a special interest to the girl, which nobody likes, including the girl, uh-huh. but she's so determined to kind of rat this guy out or figure him out and, um, like, I guess just put him away in a more secure location and also to stop whatever he's planning. Um, and it's surprisingly gory, very, very graphic, um, but very suspenseful. And the reason I loved it so much, I mean, first of all, it was a super interesting premise. It kept me guessing until the end, which is like hard to do, actually. Yeah. I'm pretty smart. But, um, <laughs> well, I, you know. no, I agree. Thank you. I, I want to vouch for that statement. Rachel and is very smart. Not to be like, oh, I'm so smart because I'm actually quite stupid in some ways, like, which <laughs> is not a problem for me. But, like, it, I've read a lot of books. I know the Yeah, signs, you know the tropes like of the genre. Yeah. yeah, but it kept me guessing until the end, and it was so, like, twisted and shocking. And it was just... I remember... So, last year, I was in college and doing Zoom school. And I remember having my laptop on in class, and the camera was, like, on me. We had to have our cameras on. And I was reading my book, like, up against my computer screen. Uh-huh. And I just remember, like, I was like, I literally can't put this book down. Like, I don't... And the class was very interesting. It was a social psychology class. Like, go figure. But um, the class was very interesting. But I was just like, this book is so good. Like, I have to read it. It's so good. I can't put it down. So it was... And it felt super solid. The narrative was, like, well-constructed. The characters were likable. There was a little bit of a slow burn kind of romance situation, which I do appreciate. I don't like when it's heavy-handed at Mm -hmm. all. Yes. Um, So explain how this is a fall book. So, it's a fall book. First of all, murder is a fall activity. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> not that I would engage in it, but reading about it is a fall activity. Yes. Um, and, I mean, I read it during the fall, which, of course, is um, a little bit, like, yeah. nostalgic. And I think a lot of it happened during the fall as well in the book. Mm-hmm. Because she, I think, is on... It might have been also in the summer, but it feels very fall. It feels cold. It feels kind of, like, creepy, spooky. It doesn't scare me, I wouldn't say, um, but it was definitely the kind of thing that would, like... If it were a movie, it would terrify me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's my first recommendation. I won't spoil anything else from it, but it was just... It really was... It was the best book I read in 2020, and I did read quite a bit of... I, I read a lot. Strong words. It was it was incredible. Rachel. It was one of the best books I've ever read. I recommend it to everybody I can find okay. that it wouldn't completely turn off. Maybe I know I, I recommended it to I know. you. And I know that murder is not your thing, but I really, really think that you would like okay. it. Okay. I might read it. I'll keep you updated. Okay. Okay. Sarah, what's your first fall book? My first fall book is Beauty by Robin McKinley. Okay. Which I think I once gave you my copy of i'm sure yeah anyway we we do this thing a lot where we will exchange copies of books and just hold on to them for a while and then say we're gonna read them and never do and then eventually give them back yes it is true we share custody a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have like multiple books that are yours yeah. currently um so this book is 
vibey, slow fantasy, which I am a fan of. It doesn't have much going on. It's a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, but it's on purpose. So when I say it's slow, I mean it's meditative and well-paced and kind of all, uh, I don't know. It's very captivating, even though nothing's really happening. I don't know. That's not a very good No, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I really do. I enjoy meditative books. I know a lot of people don't, but I yeah. like seeing... I like getting acquainted with the setting. I like knowing the characters. Yeah, and I think the setting is the reason that I would classify this as a fall book, Mm. other than just the slowness of it. Because for me, fall is about, like, wanting to nap and not being able to. (laughs) That's generally how it goes for me. Yeah. Um, And so this book very much feels like a Saturday afternoon where you don't have anything to do, so you read it all in one sitting, and it feels comforting. Um, But also the setting, it's set in this kind of lush forest world that is also a little creepy because there's an enchanted castle that is, like, causing problems for people, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Mm -hmm. So it's very vivid in my mind still, the places that they go and the places that she lives because it's in this beautiful forest. And so the setting is just a plus and also it's just a good retelling of a fairy tale because it gives the characters an inner life that is beyond it goes beyond just oh they're living in a fairy tale world and she has aspirations like Mm -hmm. it's actually i even though there's a romance it's more the story of her accepting herself and learning about herself outside of her family because she's been very Mm. she's very close with her sisters and her father and then when she you know goes to the beast castle as Mm -hmm. beauty does in beauty and the beast that's when she sort of like realizes who she is as an individual so it's it's interesting to see her personal development would you say it's like a coming of age yeah it's definitely more a coming of age than a romance okay okay um but yeah, it's it's just really well done, mm-hmm. and I feel like if there were a season where romance does not need to happen, I think fall would be it. It's so romantic on its own. Yes, exactly, and that's how it feels. Like even if, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not spoiling anything. She ends up with the beast because it's Beauty and the Beast. But like what? even if that didn't happen, yeah, it would still be romantic just because she's like riding her horse in this lush forest, realizing that she is an interesting person, you know? That can be important. Yeah, and that, feel... that feels romantic. Yeah, okay. How how close is it to the... Not original, but how close is it to the, to the Disney movie of Beauty and the Beast that we all know? It is not close. Okay. It's, I mean, it ha- the same plot points happen. Mm-hmm. The It's a lot more magical in a less sort of... Uh, I don't know. Not as, like, cartoonish. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Because, like, it's more... Like, the castle is enchanted, but, like, it's not that, like, oh, like, the clock has a face. It's, Mm -hmm. like, there are, like, sort of whispering servants who sort of, you know, like, are very, like, magical and, 
like the magic is never really explained, which Ooh, is one of my sign favorite. Me up, I love that. That's one of my favorite things in fantasy. Like I would prefer not to know the magic system. I would uh-huh. prefer that it may in- remain inexplicable. I know that that's not. That's interesting. I like that. I, that's maybe like controversial, but it's a good take. Anyways, so it has vibey magic, coming of age, a like subtle but compelling romance, and a very beautiful setting that is like vivid to me all right i love that i think a a beautiful setting is key to fall yes which going back to my suggestion of course um being set in like the 80s i felt yeah i felt like i was like oh i love the 80s it's immediately (laughs) visible yeah and it's a little different from what you're used to the real world things like that so very cool book number two um let's do it so my book number two is there's someone inside your house by stephanie perkins already spooky <gasps> stephanie perkins our we love girl. stephanie perkins we this is a st- we know her we know her yeah. we don't know her we feel like we know She's, her we read a lot of she her speaks stuff. to us she speaks to us i did yeah. listen to a podcast with her recently it's called uh she was on first draft with sarah any and it was pretty interesting to hear a lot of her insights that she had but anyway and she did talk about there's someone inside your house a little bit as well. So feel free to check that out if you want to hear more on that. She also has another horror novel that was more recently published, I think, in 2020. Um, no, 2021. It came out recently. Whoa. I have it in my room right now and I have not read it. But it is it's in my room. It's on my list. It's in that stack. So anyway. Um, so there's someone inside your house. Um, another murder book. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I am surprised, actually. Um because I there's so much to love about fall that's not murder but I just really like this book so much <laughs> also I wanted to talk about it because it has a Netflix movie that came out at the time of recording a couple of days ago on Netflix um it was actually pretty good you know book adaptations mm-hmm. can be a little weird of course I wouldn't say it was as good as the book okay sometimes well, they're different in the French kiss adaptation <sighs> you know what <laughs> that's a conversation that we will need to bring up with with our girl Stephanie yeah. at some point <laughs> um yeah man that would be awesome um anyways so um the book was much better than the movie as usual yes. I won't say that as always but as usual um so there's someone inside your house so makani is the main character and she is in this kind of she's in a high school in nebraska and people in her school start dying mysteriously and something oh, that i remember I like i remember you telling me about this too yeah, yeah sorry i did i talked about this quite a yeah. bit i think i read it when i was staying at your house for the holidays oh yeah um Anyway, so her classmates start dying in really gruesome, horrible ways. Um, and it's interesting because you actually, you don't just hear about it from Makani's perspective. You kind of, like, inhabit the, um, like, the victim's perspective for the chapter or however however long they're getting murdered for. Um, so it's a very interesting perspective. And then it kind of, you, you stick with Makani for most of it. Um it was intriguing. I will say it was a good mystery. It was um, perfectly paced, I would say. Very exciting, of course. Very, um, a little bit more like plot heavy than her other books have been, mm-hmm. I'll say. Like other than like Isla and Lola, her yeah. other books. Um, it was really good. There was also a romance in there, which I don't want to... I have to be really careful not to spoil anything about this one, but I thought that the romance was very well done. Um, it was not cliche. 
And that's good. It was surprisingly graphic. I will say that too. Um, I knew Stephanie Perkins mostly from Anna and the French Kiss, and then some of her other more, you know, her books are very fluffy yeah. traditionally. And I was so shocked. There was so much gore in this book, but I did not hate it. I mean, of course, like, yeah. I'm not, I don't, like, enjoy it, like, whatever. But it was, um, I don't know. It felt like it added to the gravity of it. So so you did you feel like she accomplished what yes. she set out to accomplish? Yes, I do. Okay. It was, and in only the way that she could. Like, it yeah. was a romance book that, it was a, it was an intersection between horror and romance, but mostly horror but it had a little romantic twist that wasn't like mm-hmm. a typical romantic twist in a horror book or movie. Um, and so I've been really chasing that genre of horror for, you know, a, a few months since I read it. I think I read it about eight months ago. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, perfect, perfect like Halloween book. And it is set in the fall time, by the way, which makes it more folly yeah. to me. So. Creepy corn mazes. Creepy corn mazes. It's set in Nebraska. Ooh, okay. It's yeah. a cor- corn mazes are a big part of the story. Oh, I just. I'm that. surprised yeah. you know that. Yeah, I, I was like, know. wow. Maybe you told me that. I can't remember. Oh no, it was it was a great corn maze vibe. So read that book and then go to a corn maze immediately after. Just kidding. You won't want to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, also the movie's on Netflix and it was pretty good. Watch it so Stephanie Perkins gets money. Yep. She's great. Um, okay, my turn? Yeah, of course. I want to hear your second one. Okay, my second one, uh, I'm debating. I'm still debating in this moment, but I think I'm going to talk about Daddy Long Legs. Okay. This is another one that has been in my <laughs> care for a yes. little while, and I looked at it every day, and I said, I'm going to read it, and then I never did, and I gave it back to you. It it sneaks up on you, because it seems like it's just a short, old book, mm-hmm. but it's actually so charming and so pleasant to read this is your style you are short and charming oh <laughs> thank you for those who don't know i am 411 she is so. quite short and i am quite tall yes um but no short and charming and old i think are the books that you typically like yes if i'm buying true. you a book that's what i look for yeah like this is um this is like pretty much my taste in a nutshell yeah um it was written in 1912 so it's an interesting time it's titanic year yes titanic year and it is an epistolary novel. Is that okay. how you say that? Yeah, I think. Um, so it's all letters. And the premise of the book is that Judy is an orphan who is sent to college by an anonymous trustee. Ugh, I wish that were me. I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, the anonymous trustee makes the condition that she has to write him a letter every month to tell her how her college exp- tell him how her college experience is going. So it's just just a fun premise because Mm -hmm. judy has a really lively interesting voice and this is her first time in the real world at a women's college in upstate new york so just a really fun environment Mm -hmm. lots of college hijinks lots of interesting characters that pass in and out of the book but then also just her her charming narration of all these things happening um the book is called daddy long legs because all she knows about this mysterious trustee is that he is very tall because she sees his shadow as he walks out. So she calls, okay. she calls him Daddy Longlegs because his shadow looked like a spider. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say it's a fall book because it's 
joyfully academic. That's what I wrote in my notes. I love that. Um, because she... Fall is the time of joyful academic. That's yeah. the time before burnout sets in and... Yeah. yeah. So she's, like, really enjoying her college, her college experience, talking about all of her classes, but not in a... It's not, like, boring. Mm-hmm. It's just cute to read about this orphan who's discovering education. Um, it's also interesting because it's written... The author, Jean Webster, was a reformer and advocate for, like, orphan orphans A historical perspective. I knew it was coming. Yeah. So she, like, she was kind of, I think she was kind of a socialist or at least, like, a progressive. Mm-hmm. And so Judy, the character in the book, decides that she is also a socialist. Mm. But, you know, like a a more moderate one is what she says. So just like interesting, just little political snippets, literary snippets of what she's reading at the time, what she's talking about with her friends, talking about like women getting the vote or like women getting an education. So it's an interesting point in history, but really it, it's really just good because of Judy's voice. And in the end, the romance that unfolds very subtly, very slowly, but very satis- satisfying. That sounds sweet. I think you might have just sold me on the book. Okay. Um, it's, I mean, it's so short. Like, you could read it in a day. I'm sure, yeah. That um, sounds oh, so sweet. Yeah, it's, like, very, very darling. It's like, it's like Anne of Green Gables, but, like, more, like, cohesive mm-hmm. and... Um, less like episodic and like with yeah. like less superfluous material because okay. i know that i've tried to make you read end of green gables but like yeah. it's uh, this is better i feel like it would be the fall nature of it makes it more appealing to me yeah and it, it is very fall it's very it's domestic and academic which is fun, fun. very cute so that's my second recommendation okay i love it now we're gonna talk about two books that we both like. Yes, this, this is, is the intersection of our Yes, taste. this is where we interlap, we overlap. And we've both read both of these books that we're about to Multiple about. times. We've, multiple times, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and what what we're about to say, we have probably said, like, 20 <laughs> times to each other. Yes. Or to other people in group settings. So... We do, we... These are, like, these are canon to us. Yeah, like, these are the, like, these books are the basis of... Of certain parts of our friendship. I would agree. Yeah. They're very key. They and are they, formative. And they, they are... Be- <laughs> they become a meme, too, for us. Like, at least Anne and the French, and yeah, French Kiss a two-person meme. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. But you go. So, spoiler alert. Anne and the French Kiss was the first one that we are going to talk about. I'm yes. going to let you take that one. And that is also by Stephanie Perkins, by the way. Same author as the one I chose. There's someone inside your house. So, uh-huh. go ahead. Yes. Okay. So, Anne and the French Kiss is the most... I don't know. It's shocking how good it is. <laughs> Given its name and its premise. I love it. I love it. It's so good. So she's an American girl from Atlanta whose pretentious, like, Nicholas Sparks-esque father. Yes, I think it was supposed to be Nicholas Sparks. Sends her to a boarding school in Paris for her senior year. And she's kind of mad because it's her senior year. Yeah, she's furious at the beginning of the book. And, you know, she makes a group of, she makes a group of edgy friends. At this boarding school in Paris. Yeah. And the main member of that friendship friend group is Etienne St. Clair. Oh, I don't know if I, I don't care. The thing is, I don't know if I want to date him or be him because he is a history man. His whole personality is telling Anna. And he is short. Yes, let's not he forget. is short. He tells her historical facts and she's fascinated by them, which is honestly what I hope for in a relationship. Yep. So, um, anyway, she, it's, it's a very fall book. It's set in the fall, first yes. of all. 
And some of the most, like, the most iconic scenes, like, every scene in this book is iconic. Like, I every can, single one. I can picture it, I can quote it, I can remember it. But especially the Halloween and Thanksgiving scenes. Those are huge. Yeah, yes. they're pivotal to, I, I mean, the relationship between Anna and Etienne. Yeah. Like, it's not a surprise that they And end. I think the book ends around April, but most of the, most of the book happens in the winter, in the fall, winter Yes, time. and then sort of speeds through spring. Yeah. But it's... Again, this one I think is it's got that school vibe, you know. They're Very do, much. they're learning about Paris, they're going places, but like they go to the giant cemetery in Paris mm-hmm. on Halloween. They try to find they try to find a Thanksgiving meal in Paris, you mm-hmm. know. I like also it just has so many <laughs> like oh, it pulls off so many stupid YA romances. So many of like, the tropes. Like there was only one bed. That trope is in there. Yeah, and um, like there was drunken confessions, but not in a tacky weird way. Yeah. Was... And also just <sighs> they 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 feel like real teenagers. They do. I want to be friends with them. Yeah. 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 Oh, I totally well, you know, this is, I picture Anna as you. That is the most flattering thing anyone has ever said to me. Yeah. I'm not joking. That is, yeah. that is she's so a, great. She's a really, she's like a real person. I am a real, real person. Yes. With real, like, foibles and real interests. Mm-hmm. So, it's great. And it's fall. And we highly recommend it. I think it, it holds up. It is the blueprint. I will say, it is the blueprint for, like, YA romance. Yeah. I think it just, it did everything better. Yeah. And it was, it was flawless, I will say. It yeah. was uh, I cannot I cannot say enough good things about this book. I I don't think that Stephanie Perkins is like a flawless writer at all. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And I don't love everything she's written, but Anna and the French Kiss is perfect. Yeah. I can't believe it. It's so satisfying in every way. So I think I've reread it a few times. I think you have my copy right now. No, I have the copy have, and I need to lend it to you. Yes, because you lent your copy my, to someone else. Yes, one of my friends has my copy and will give it back to me. So Yes. Um, oh, it's okay. so good. I want to read it right now. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a fall reread and it takes only like 20 minutes. So 20 minutes, uh, <laughs> not 20 minutes. Like probably it is a, a few quick hours. One. It is yeah. a quick one. You could do it in a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. And now Rachel's going to tell us about yes, Shadow, Shadow and Bone, Bone, which has entered the public consciousness It has because of Netflix, but and we liked talk. it first. Like we read it. I read way, it when I was I was fifteen. Yeah, I read it in ninth grade, and I think that maybe Siege and Storm had maybe come out just barely. Yes, but like we because were, I remember forcing my dad to take me to the bookstore, and I wanted to drive, but I needed an adult in the car because I was fifteen oh, years yeah. old and didn't have a license. So I made him drive. I made him let me drive us to the store uh-huh. so that I could buy the third one the day it came out. It was very important yeah. to me. So we are we are original fans. We liked it before. But not, of, you know what? I'm happy that more people yes, are enjoying it. Yes, it's great. But I just want to, I just want to <laughs> emphasize, because I think it's important that we like Shadow and Bone. Like some people got into it because they like Six of Crows. That's true. But we like Shadow and Bone for its own sake, which is kind of a controversial opinion now almost. It is. A lot of people like um, the Crow series um, more. Also, real quick, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but Shadow and Bone is a, the first in a trilogy. There is a spinoff series mm-hmm. with Multiple some of the same characters. Series. Yeah, mo- there's multiple spin-off series now. Um, same same characters, some of them. It's in the same world, same magic system. Um, and they're all great. I will. I enjoy all of the books, mm-hmm. but I definitely have my favorites. I think Shadow and Bone is maybe my favorite. Yeah. Um, 
It's so good. Yeah. So it's <laughs> fantasy, but it's in a vaguely Russian. Yes. Russian society. So it just. And Leigh Bardugo, the author, has said on a few interviews that she did so much research and it was a lot of like Russian history research. And I think it was kind of revolutionary for me because all the fantasy I had read had been set in sort of like a fictional fictional england or germany perhaps right like a vaguely caucasian yeah but this is also it's a very diverse world which i appreciate yes very much and she lee has said again in multiple interviews i say lee like she's my friend i have listened to everything she's put out um but she said that she wanted to make a universe where you know being gay was not considered different and being you know people of color were not historically subjugated and mm-hmm. things like that which i really it was refreshing it's so refreshing in fantasy yeah and um it's basically the story of a girl named alina who discovers that she is a grisha or basically kind of a witch but yeah. in a different concept a real chosen one story arc yes and she is whisked away by a man called the Darkling, who he's kind of the the general, the general People of the, the general. of the second army, which is the, the magic the magic army. army, and then there's the first army, which is just regular people. But the world is cut in half by something called the Shadow Fold, mm-hmm. which is inhabited by creepy Volcra, who will like eat your face, like flying dinosaurs, basically. Yes. Yeah, and, but not <laughs> they're much creepier than that. And Alina has the power to control light and the sun, and is therefore a potential solution to this problem and she's the only one and people have been searching for her for a long time and she didn't know that she had that power yes and she hid it for when she first figured it out she was upset that she was being taken away because she was being taken away from her best friend mal yes and her relationship with mal is central to the story but in ways that i still think about yeah i still have to turn them over in my brain because it is so well put together yes and i think that pretty much alina is an interesting main character she's kind of bland i would say i would say she's bland but in like a realistic way yes like not in a frustrating way just in a way that she she didn't want to be special yeah she didn't want to be she didn't have any huge aspirations she didn't want to be you know, famous, she was an orphan. She had a pretty traumatizing childhood as an orphan, and I think she just wants, like, a quiet life or whatever. Yes. But she's thrust into this world of people who can do magic or small science and charismatic leaders mm-hmm. and sort of, I don't know, morally difficult situations, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And it's it's a trilogy, so Shadow and Bone is definitely... It's a little slow, which I, I, I honestly didn't realize it was slow until I reread it. Yes. It is slow, and then the second one is very exciting, um, and then the third one is even more exciting. Also, I will say this is a trilogy that does not fall into the trilogy trap. No, and we will be talking a lot about the trilogy trap because it has... Plagued us. It has damaged us. It has caused us great pain. There have been many trilogies that we have invested a lot of time and energy into caring about that have then disappointed us. Yeah. Yeah. But Shadow and Bone is not one of those. Um, It's... It's... I, it's amazing. I feel like it's everything I've been searching for. It's everything I want in fantasy. The characters are likable. It's not confusing, really, when you're reading it. Yeah, the world building is successful. Because Super it's weird. It, like, some of the stuff is like, huh, interesting, but you get it's it. It's new, and yeah. it's, it's not, like, something you would have expected, but it, like, totally makes sense. And you're like, great, now I can, I understand how this works. Now I can function with the story. And it's 
it's a very fall vibe once again. Also, just the romance is impeccable. That's I mean the romance and that's is what, great. I it's mean, really wonderful. I mean, we all know about Ben Barnes or whatever, yeah. and but like. There are multiple romances that are satisfying in their own ways. Uh, yes. Even if mm-hmm. they don't end in the traditional happily ever after. Yes. And that happens in in all of her series that are in this universe or whatever. There's, I can think of a few that don't necessarily end happily, but I still am invested and I still see the value in them, even if they didn't end happily. Yes. Which is a skill to pull off. Oh, such a skill. Also... One of the books in this series, not in this series, but in one of the spinoffs, Six of Crows, is a heist book, which is one of my favorite, absolute favorite genres. I love it, but it's like a magical heist book, and I just, oh, it's amazing. I would highly recommend really anything by Leigh Bardugo in this yes, universe, but she is Shadow and Bone is the first, and so we have to talk about that. And also, Shadow and Bone is a very fall vibe. It's, I yeah, first read it when I was camping over Labor Day weekend up in the mountains. It was fall. All the leaves were red. It was gorgeous. Yeah. And I think, again, for me, it comes back to the setting where it's in this sort of, you know, uh, vague Russia, kind of stark and mm-hmm. naturalistic. And so very it feels... Cold. Yeah, very cold. It feels like fall. Yeah. Um, but also, it's about the yearning. Am I right? It's about the yearning. <laughs> And my yearning to, like, have magic, I just want that. Yeah, yeah. My yearning to meet the the men of the series, I think, yeah. also. I walk around this world trying to play it cool, but really all I want is just magic powers. Yeah. <laughs> we know. Um, I think that's everything that we have. Fall is a magical time, folks. And, oh, should we, should we recap what we recommended? Yes. I recommended Daddy Long Legs by Gene Webster. Mm-hmm. And Beauty by Robin McKinley and Anne and the French Kiss by Stephanie Perkins. Mm-hmm. And I recommended None Shall Sleep by Ellie Mar. Um, I'm so sorry, Ellie Marnie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, There's Someone Inside Your House by also by Stephanie Perkins and Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. I think that is our fall. Go list. read them. Go read them. Seriously, let us know if you do. Bye. Bye. <laughs>